What's up, you beauties, and welcome to another episode of HW 4.6, to be exact. If you don't know by now, my name's Jim, here as always with Jack as the co-host. Jack, what's going on, buddy? Big show, camp's underway, a uh, lot to look forward to. Uh, how you feeling? Feeling like there's finally preseason game tomorrow. I can actually watch a televised game from start to finish, and that means we're just another step closer to October 15th. Yeah, let's we're, go we're at the home stretch here. A couple days away from October. How many days are in September again? 30, 30, 28? only 30. I counted only 30. Only 30. There's no What's 31. The 28 February. Ah, oh, we don't have yeah. to worry about February. Yeah, it's February. Just a little bit over two weeks away from opening night puck drop. Uh, Flyers camp started this past week. Lots to get to. Uh, scrimmage over the weekend. Uh, roster battles. Um, injuries. Unfortunately, the injury bug is showing up. Uh, if you don't know by now, Kevin Hayes uh, is out for a couple weeks, four to eight to be exact. Uh, Wade Allison, have you seen anything about a timeline for Wade Allison's absence? No, but I did look up high ankle sprain and, well, really any ankle sprain. And the, the high ankle sprain can be anywhere from like 12 to 16 weeks. Yeah. And from what I heard about it and read about it is it can be a nagging injury as well. Um, when you tie your skate so tight like that and the pressure comes up, there's just a lot of ligaments and whatnot in there. And it actually should have a different name because it doesn't sound like it's as bad as it is. And yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty rough and you have to be very careful. And it's, it's, you know, they're not going to rush him back. He could do the 15 weeks and then still have a week or two of easing himself back in. And it's, it's just a smarter play and it's a shame, but, um, it's going to be a while. It is a shame. Uh, we were expecting big things from Wade Allison. Hopefully, you know, we still see some of these big things. Um, I guess if there's a positive to this, it's going to open up uh, roster battles. Guys who, you know, now have a potential spot. You know, uh, you know, we're talking about guys like Tanner Lazinski, who I read this morning on Twitter uh, could potentially have an injury. Uh Busy day. Didn't have time to follow up on that, Jack. I'm not sure if you saw anything about Lazinski uh, hurting his hip at some point between yesterday and today. Uh, I mean, a couple articles I've read, I've been updated with some cuts and some injuries, and I didn't see anything about Lazinski. Okay. Um, you know, that would really suck if it's true. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, he's another guy. He's just having issues staying healthy. Um, but that's one of those I'll believe it when I see it. You know, so right now it's just a rumor. So we'll see. Okay, and you mentioned uh, some some cuts. Do you, do you want to get to those uh, now? Yeah, might as well knock them out of the way. Nobody really significant. Connor McLennan, who I barely know who that is. I think I heard him last year. Maybe uh, Ethan Sampson. That's a complete new name to me. And the recently signed Jr. Avon Avon, depending on how you say it. Um, I, I actually liked what I read about the kid. I didn't expect him to make it far, but it's if it's a free draft pick, essentially, um, you know, he was apparently one of the fastest guys at uh, camp. It was like him and uh, uh, don't ask me to say his name, but our second round pick this year, Sammy or Tamalalal, and <laughs> uh, they're like he's one of the. Fa I mean, to get a guy like that who can play and is that fast for free, it's what you know, free lottery ticket. Why not? But he was sent back to wherever he's playing right now. Uh, his junior, all three went back to their junior teams. Um, so, I mean, hey, it's free draft pick, but at the same time, like they didn't expect him to stick around, especially right. the forward position with all the depth we have. Yep. And just real quick, uh, I did do somewhat of a search here. So I have 
uh, a report, somewhat of a report. It's a tweet from our buddy uh, Jordan Hall uh, from NBC Sports Philly. Uh, Tanner, Tanner Lazinski and Linus Hogberg uh, remain out. This is from yesterday, actually. Remain out today. No updates on timeline or severity of their injuries. So something obviously is up there. Um, I almost read a tweet back from April when Lazinski actually did have surgery. Apparently it's on the opposite side, not the side that he had the surgery on. So I guess if I guess that's good news, we'll see. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Yeah, hopefully it's maintenance. Sounds like it could just be, let's take it easy, you know, because you had a bad hip thing before. Um, I'm a, I'm a Lazinski guy, Jack. And I, th- I think, uh, you know, if I'm not sorry. I just had to put the whew, had to put a light bright. On it looks bright. A little dark. So <laughs> let me put these on. Uh, you know, like, and our listeners know, we're not ones to hype up prospects or kids. Um, but what I like about Lazinski is he's ready. He's ready for the NHL. He's not so much a prospect in my eyes. He's he's a man. He's twenty. He's twenty four, twenty five years old. He's he's in his man body. He's he's NHL ready. All he needs to do is just find his spot on the roster, in my opinion. Um, so it's unfortunate that he's hurt. Um, yeah, I, I'm wondering because I think I see him different than than most guys. How do you view Tanner Lazinski, Jack? Well, first off, he's one of my favorite players because Lanner. Tzinski is one of my highlight <laughs> players on my fake team, but um, he's a guy with, uh, I think it was the same draft class, if not very close to as Wade Allison. And these guys were almost considered gone and they both had injuries. They both battled uh, later draft picks, especially Lazinski, and they managed to keep him around and they're actually knocking on the door of NHL jobs. And the idea with Kevin Hayes being out, we don't know what's up with Morgan Frost. I think Morgan Frost is definitely penciled in as the third line center right now. But like the idea that we could potentially go into the season with down the center of Couturier, I don't know if they move Drew back or, or if they try Lawton or somebody, but you know, Broussard, Nate Thompson, like these are this and insert another player or whatnot. Like that's kind of like ah man, like I thought we were strong down the center. Suddenly it doesn't look so good. If Frost makes the team and Lazinski's like your fourth line center because he's playing well, not because he's handed it, you know, like that that looks that sounds a lot more formidable, at least from a potential standpoint. And you always want to see the kids step up and take jobs from the vets because that's what they're that's why they hire you sign some of the vets for depth for injury, but also so you, these kids don't get handed jobs, they earn it and then they keep it. You know, and uh, I was looking for I, I just always liked Lazinski's game. I thought he was perfect to start off on that fourth line and go from there. And you know, like I said, it just the his name with some others makes the loss of Hayes not feel so uh, tough, so bad. Uh, but you know, and I, I don't dislike Nate Thompson. I just I like him in a different role, and that role is not an everyday starting center, which he would be to start out the season if that is the case. So I'm pulling for him. I hope he can. It's not a serious injury, and he can really make a strong push and uh, make the team. Uh, I yeah, and it's interesting that the Flyers sustain one injury, and unfortunately, it was Kevin Hayes. I'm down the middle anyway at center. And suddenly the Flyers aren't that deep at center anymore. You know, it's, it's unfortunate because I'm not going to blame anybody anymore, but it's unfortunate because the Flyers have drafted 
plenty of centers the last couple of years, and arguably none of them have panned out. You know, it's kind of – I don't want to say it's do or die for Morgan Frost, but he's presented with an opportunity to show he has what it takes in the NHL, to show what he, to show that he has what it takes to make this Flyers team, to prove that he is potentially – because this is what he keeps, you know, he's been talked up about since he's been drafted. He should be a top six player in the NHL is what we've heard, right, Jack? Every offseason, it's Morgan Frost. He's this, he's that. We had Dan Silver on a couple weeks ago. Second most offensively gifted, talented player on the roster. And I don't disagree with that. I think he's got the flash. He's got the pizzazz. He's fun. He's what's missing on this roster. Not that this is a bad roster, but but you look at it, and I don't want to say it's dry, but it's 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 like bread and butter. You know, you like you know what you're getting from from these guys, right? Where you had a guy like Morgan Frost, and you're watching a game, you're like, holy shit, how did he do that? How did he see that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like he's fun. He, it's he's not vanilla. Like some of the, like the roster is like, you have a guy that can pass. You have a guy that can shoot. You have a bunch of two way forwards. Morgan Frost makes the game fun. And, and, and that's all I'm saying. But now is his time to prove he belongs here. And I think unless, unless you're going to bump Broussard up to that second center spot or even Scotty Lawton, who, we're hesitant to even put him at three C because we've seen Scotty Lawton at center. Is Morgan Frost's first opportunity this year at two C? I would love to see it, but he's got to prove that he can handle it. And what we're hearing at camp is he's having an up and down camp. Now, playing with a guy like JVR, who we all know is inconsistent could um, potentially, you know, add to Frost inconsistent play. But as an individual, I think Frost has to be more consistent. He needs to be the guy that makes the guys around him better offensively because, you know, he's not great defensively and neither is JVR. And, and let's get into this line a little bit, Jack, of JVR, Frost, and Farabee. I like it. I think it's for personally, even though it's more ideally a third line for me, and I know not not a lot of people are happy about me putting Farabee on the third line. It would be my dream third line if if Giroux's not going to play three C to have JVR, Morgan Frost, Joel Farabee on on one line. I want to know what your thoughts are on the third line. I'm sorry on the on the JVR Frost Farabee line. Well, the first thing that jumps out is it does sound like a third line. And that's what I said to you all fair. I'm like, I want to see Farabee higher up in the lineup. I don't know how you make it work. If he's got to play left wing or whatever, make it work. The guy was great last year. I know, I know JVR had his, his stretches, but a lot of that was on the power play. So I'm not like chopping at the bit to move JVR up the lineup. But Farabee should be. Make it work. <laughs> you can do it. I mean, if you're really worried about center depth, Move Giroux back to center and move Farabee higher up in the lineup. We have the winger depth to make it work. Um, and I'm, I'm really nervous about Frost. I thought 
it's like this is his year to really, you know, there was already an opportunity for third line center. And now with Hayes going down, it's like, man, like, okay, no more excuses. Like, do it. It's time to just go. And, you know, up and down camp is like the last thing you want to hear. I do think that's more towards the end of the camp we've heard that. I think he's been pretty solid for the most part. Uh, just this, you know, mistakes are glaring and they're what you remember. And that uh, Denoye goal against him, just reading that he got mm. outworked, Frost got outworked by him, is like, ugh, like, come on, man. You should be busting your butt, man. You have a legitimate opportunity here. Yep. And it scares me a little bit. Is he, is he figure like, yeah, I'm getting one of these spots. Like, there's no way. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but like, I want to see him take off with it. I want to, like, what I'm reading about Tyson Forrester is what I want to read about Morgan Frost. You know, like, he just shined. He can't, can't stand out. You know, and I'm not really seeing that. But hey, at this point, he's really got to just stay healthy, and that's probably half the battle. Maybe he's waiting for the preseason game or actual NHL play, and maybe we'll see the Morgan Frost we were hoping for. Um, it's hard to have a lot of confidence right now. I'm not one of these naysayers who are like, he's too small for the NHL. He doesn't go to the gym and any of that crap. But like, he still needs to prove it while he's here. He's got to be consistent. And I want to see him dazzle, like you said. You know, like I was looking forward to Frost on the third line, playing to the ability that we think he can be what he was drafted for a player, like adding a player like that to your bottom six with everything else coming in the form. That's what puts you over, you know, like you, you did everything you could to no longer be a playoff bubble team or get back on track to where you're con- contending for the division. So you have a pretty formidable team. Obviously Hart's got to bounce back, but if frost can provide that kind of skillful play on a bottom six or bo- bo- bottom pair role, excuse me, Bottom six roll. No, I was right. Um, that'll um, that's gonna like be the difference maker in some games. It's like a young Barzell with those Islander teams, you know, like a, or a Braden Point when he was real young, like his first years with Tampa. We all good Tampa was, and then you throw Braden Point on your bottom six because he's young and he's a rookie and he's doing what he does. Also at the center position, look what he is today. Obviously, like you know, if Morgan Frost could just tap into that rookie sensation and just, you know provide that secondary and for really good teams you need to score goals that even even further down the line of scoring you know like that'll really put the flyers over that'll they'll finally like stop having teams come back against them you know and maybe you get the other guys going when they're having a slow night maybe you win two to one games because your bottom six chipped in two goals and the defense shut them down where normally they lose that game like four to one four nothing so that could be a difference maker this is all why the Flyers won the division. What went right? Well, this would be one of them. If Morgan Frost stays healthy, comes in the form, and makes all the people right who've stuck with him for this long. And it's a little concerning because we're not hearing what we want to hear, but I'm not pushing the panic button quite yet. No, he's going he's gonna to have his bumps in the road. Like, And I think that's important for maybe both sides. Not that there's – it's just like this. Like there are people that are a hundred percent on the Morgan Frost train. Some never got off. Um, some some are delirious, and and then you have the other side. Um, you know the people writing articles about his work ethic, his gym routine, like all that kind of deal. Um, you have to remember that there's a middle here, right? That he's he's gonna there's gonna be bumps. In the road, and then he's going to have he's going to have the occasional amazing goal, right, or or the amazing setup, or or whatever it is. 
But you like we have to realize he's he's what 21, 22 years old. Wow. It, it's not going to be a heart season. It's going to be, you know, we're hoping that it can be. I'm I'm hoping that it can be a 45, 50 point season. That's what I'm hoping for from Morgan Frost this year because I think I think he's ready. But you have to remember what comes with those 45, 50 points. There's there's going to be times where he gets out muscled. There's going to be times where, you know, um, I, I'm not sure the size of Elliot Denoyer, but he's, there's going to be times where he gets outworked in the defensive zone. That's going to happen, you know. But I think it's important as fans to realize, you know, there's high reward and there's also times where he's going to look not great in the defensive zone. Um, but but you know what happens. Jack, as you gain more experience playing at the highest level with the best players in the world, or what should happen, you get better at the things that you're not good at. He's not, he hasn't played more than 25, 26 NHL games. This kid is going to be good. Let him play a little bit before you start to, before we start to tear him apart with these crazy articles and, you know, it's, it's whatever. He's going to be, he's going to be good. My hopes, they're high for him because they need to be with Kevin Hayes out, I think. He needs to perform offensively. He needs to be there. If, if the Flyers are going to be there come uh, you know, April, Morgan Frost needs to perform the, the first two months of the season. You know, He needs to be there. I'm not saying point per game, but we need to notice him offensively on the ice, and he needs to make his line mates better offensively, JVR. Um, and and that's pretty much it, you know. Uh, I'm joking around, and I, I don't even know if it's joking around anymore. But I think Morgan Frost has just as much talent as any as any as any other player up for the Calder this year. I think he can win it. When you look at the guys, you know, the rookies in the league or the guys you know that are eligible, he's got the offensive talent. That that's how much that's how they judge awards anymore. It's offensive output. Frost can be up for that award. I, I'm not going to say you can put up 60 points just because, you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But 15 goals, uh, 35 assists, 40 assists, I don't think's out of the question, especially with the increased playing time the first two months for Morgan Frost. A lot of the guys up for the Calder who we think be up for the Calder, they don't necessarily have the opportunity that Frost has right now. Right. Like second line center spot screaming for somebody to take the reins, you know, and then a third line center spot. If you succeed well there and figure out the rest, like, come on, man, like we need this. And we all understand that progression is, it's not ever a straight line unless you're Connor McDavid, you know, like it's there's like you said, there's bumps in the road and he really got the shorthand of the stick when he barely was playing. Then he was hurt and, you know, it was a shortened season. So he really didn't come back and play much at all. And he's really behind the eight ball there. So I'm willing to give him some time, but he has to realize as well, this is a golden opportunity and he really needs to, to take the ball and run with it. And if he does sky's the limit, you know, and these guys I hate to make it about dollars and cents, but, you know, if you, you've been with the team for quite a while, so you're going to be up for contracts soon, and you can probably start asking for real money if you perform at the NHL level. And again, this is a golden opportunity. So we're going to, and if he gets hurt again, it's going to be like, man, like, come on, like, you need 
to stay healthy. You need to play. You need to play your game. Yep. And part of playing that at center position, like you said, you gotta you gotta be responsible defensively. You can't be getting out work too too often. I mean, you're just a second line center. You're not like a rookie who's playing low in the lower minutes or whatever. This is an opportunity to step up and show what you're worth. And you know what? You think it's your dream to play in the NHL? You're gonna bring it. I'm not worried yet. It's just a scrimmage, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, this preseason game will really be telling. Yeah, and you know. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to make too big of a deal about this, but apparently it was enough for uh, Bill, Mel- Bill Melter to point out in his article, you know, Denoye out competing Frost along the wall. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Frost, Frost wants to make the team, but Denoye is out there. I think might have, he might have more to prove, you know, because nobody, don't get me wrong, people know who he is, but. You know, they know Morgan Frost more than they know Denoye. And if I'm Denoye, I got a chance to show up Morgan Frost, you know, their first round pick for, you know, however many years ago. So there's motivation, not that there shouldn't be for Frost. Uh, next, I, I don't want to spend too much time on Frost here. I think he's going to have a good camp, remains to be seen. You know, they, they play um, Islanders tomorrow night. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I believe so. Let me double check. We'll see what he can do there. Uh, we will be having a post game. So if you're watching live or you're listening to our podcast, we'll have a post game show coming out live after the after the uh, the uh, preseason game on Tuesday night. Uh, next player I wanted to get to, player that I don't know if I want to say I'm most excited about, uh, but it's a guy who I was hoping the Flyers drafted. I think it was a couple seasons ago now. You know, big kid, goal scorer. Man, this kid can put the puck in the net. Jack, you know who I'm talking about. I'm going to show a highlight clip from the scrimmage. I believe it was yesterday. Uh, this is of Tyson Forrester. Uh, that's Cam Atkinson there. Pass back to Forrester. Boom, buries it. We're going to be seeing that for a long time, Jack. I don't know if he's going to make the team this season, uh, but he's going to make it awfully hard. for as, as long as he's putting the puck in the net like that, he's going to make things really tough for Elaine Vigneault. Uh, to, to send him down to, to Lehigh or for, for Lehigh to send him back to uh, whatever whatever team he's playing for. Um, hopefully he at least sticks around with the Phantoms. Got to think that happens. What do you think of Tyson Forrester thus far, man? I mean, he's your boy, and I, uh, I really like your foresight on this one. Like, I'm the draft guy, and uh, you like to pick at the time. I didn't dislike it. I just I preferred um, the guy Carolina took. But I preferred him for this what Forrester is doing. Yeah. So if we get a player who is a wing, a sniping sniper winger. I don't care what his name is. Like it's just as long as he does that. Working this out. isn't Caulfield and Cam York, you know, and it, it, two completely different positions and whatnot. This is you got a guy at a position that's doing what this team has not had in quite a while, and he's he's it, some of the prospects we've had like the German Rustovs and whatnot. It's or even the guys who do make the team, they're like later picks. So you you know the the ceiling's kind of limited. Like your Lazinskis, your Allisons, even for now, you know, even Lindblom to an extent, you know, until we really see him get back in the form. Like you see a guy draft in the fourth, fifth, even third round. You're like, oh, that's really cool. He's playing really well. How good is he really? Like, where's it? Where's it stop? First rounds, you know, anything's possible. So to see Forrester doing what he's doing in like. We knew when he played for the Phantoms, he was scoring. The rest of his game was kind of translating, was goal scoring translated right away, which is what we drafted in the kid, which is awesome. 
and to see him doing this now. Um, and people are starting to say things like, I don't be surprised, but you're a little surprised, you know, like, no, we know what this kid was capable of, but he's doing it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That that's incredible. I hope he sticks around as long as possible. If he's, a, I don't know if they made a ruling, if he's allowed to play with the Phantoms or not, with the whole, how old he is and whatever. Uh, if he is allowed to play with the Phantoms, there's no doubt in my mind, he's going to be first power play unit, probably top line, depending. Cause you got guys like Wax, Max Willman or whatever, you know, taking up spots, but like he's a, a power play one goal scoring, sniping player. And it looks like everything's keeping pace with NHL players, at least with our team. And that's where it starts. So I really want to see him play some other NHL talent. And I would love it. You know, Wade Allison's out. You know, maybe, maybe he gets a little stint. See what he's capable of. I don't know. It's tough when you're lower in the lineup, but why not at the same time? So um, Sounds like A.B. really likes this kid. And you know, his team had, goals. And – you know, our buddy Kyle, who's out four to eight weeks with uh, an abdominal tear, uh, mentioned in the group chat, and we could talk about this for a little bit, that Forrester might be making this team over Morgan Frost, I think is what he said. Now, a couple things here. I don't think he's going to be taking Morgan Frost's spot unless Forrester's playing center or something. I just don't I don't see that happening. Um is he going to make the team over Morgan Frost? Yeah, I guess that could happen in theory if you have Broussard, Thompson, Lawton. Uh, even if you want to move Giroud to center, you know, Frost starts out in Lehigh. Possibility. I don't know where Forrester's going to play. Maybe, I guess, fourth-line minutes. Uh, maybe he's out there on the power play. I'm not sure. But then you, you have to sit somebody. You have to sit a Konechny, a Farabee, an Atkinson, a Limblom, a JVR. You know, I, I don't know. There, it's it's so it's weird, Jack, because this kid can shoot, and like I mentioned, it sounds like Elaine Vigneault really likes this kid. Apparently, there, you know, his skating improved. Uh, he was quoted as he 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 said surprised, but surprise was not the right word when he saw him skate uh, this year this uh, during camp. So AV's high on this kid. He's going to play in the exhibition game. They're going to see what he's got against NHL talent. In my in my heart, I think this kid's going to go back, you know, to Lehigh and not start with the Flyers. But they're going to give him a, a good look, and uh, that's exciting because, you, like you mentioned, you look at Flyers' past prospects; they've all been boring. You know, we've had to watch Rubsov, uh, Isaac Ratcliffe's not panning out. Who, oddly enough, a, you know, a big kid like Forrester, tall anyway. I don't know if you know, not really husky, but Forrester's finishing. He's doing what we were hoping he would do, whereas Ratcliffe, you know, still kind of floundering with the Phantoms, trying to figure it out still, which is fine. Hopefully he figures it out. Um, you know, but there's not. I guess the thing is for me, there's not a spot for Forster. You know, just just like I was having a hard time figuring out where Wade Allison was going to start out on this roster, I don't know where Forster would play, you know. I'm not even sure that I would want to see him up yet, to tell you the truth. You know, what are your thoughts there? Um, I can't see it long term. If it were the case, he'd really have to impress. Uh, I think Fletcher even said that in an interview he had um, with the press. Any of the young kids were really going to have to, you know, blow the doors off to make the team. Um, 
if he were to make the team, it would definitely would be at center. He's he hasn't played center, and I can't tell you how long. He's a winger. Flyers intend for him to be a winger. If Frost isn't looking up to snuff, and Lazinski's injury is longer than we realize, and maybe they're not too impressed with Bonneman, you know, and they they you know you're going to have Nate Thompson just still strikes me as a in and out of the lineup kind of guy, and you know Hayes is going to be out a while. Maybe they do have. Giroux play center or Lawton or one of the wingers becomes a center. There's a spot. And with Allison being out as well already, there's a spot. It's probably third line probably makes the most sense. You don't want him on the fourth line. You really can't trust him too much higher in the lineup unless he gets hot or something. I think it would only be an experimental basis anyway. I don't even know who a center would be, but I think that's the only scenario. And I don't think he sticks. I think it's just to see, you know, he had a really good camp. Um, let's, Let's see what you look like. And um, this is obviously best case scenario, but guy can score goals that low in the lineup. They, they even said like everything was translating. He's keeping has no issues keeping up with the game, but it's getting to the point where he gets a premium goal scoring shot or chance. And if he doesn't finish, that's more of a surprise than when he does like that's saying something. Dude, who's the last flyers prospect you could say that about like, that's pretty good. Like you're surprised when he doesn't finish. That's pretty damn good. Um, so she's in Yeah. Not to completely move on here. Cause we're still, you know, talking prospects and who's going to make the team roster battles. Uh, a player by the name of Max Willman came up a couple weeks ago. I had uh, Jamie Bascal, I believe on the show and he's kind of been pumping Max Willman's tires for a while now. Um, I believe I can't remember if he came up for a game last season, but you know this is an older guy. He's played a lot in the AHL, and something's clicking for him. Something's clicking for Max Willman. He's pushing to make the Flyers. Um, surprising to everybody probably except Jamie. This was your first goal scorer in the scrimmage yesterday. Here's the clip. That's Max Willman. That's Max Willman burying the first goal of the scrimmage. Surprising for me. This this guy's making a real push to make the roster, Jack. Again, I don't know where he's going to play, but apparently his name's in the hat. What are your thoughts on Max Willman making this roster? I mean, he's a name that I knew of last year for sure for similar reasons, uh, doing a leading a lot of the Phantoms goal scoring. I believe he tied – Zade wisdom at some point, or they were in the same vicinity for goals. And he was a lot of the phantoms offensive punch. He's 25 years old. He'll be 26 by, I believe February ish or so mid season. Um, so he'll, you know, the coaches tend to like those older players because they're more responsible. He's a guy. If there's an opening, I could see getting some fourth line minutes. Um, and it, you know, maybe that makes more sense for the flyers. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't completely surprise me. Certain GMs and coaches lean towards the prospects. Um, but then again, sometimes if you're here to win now, you'll just take the best player available. And he was pretty good last year for the Phantoms. He's already looking like he's looking like a standout in camp. And while he doesn't have the, uh, I think he was drafted actually by Buffalo back in 2014, fifth round pick, but obviously he's bounced around. So he doesn't really have that first round pick attached to him to get you hyped up. At the end of the day, if he gets the job done, who really cares? And I think that alone could put him uh, in line in front of a, even in front of a Forrester, honestly, at this point. 
Yeah, he's kind of interesting, isn't he? He's, uh, you know, he's a he's not a kid. Twenty six years old. This is a grown man, six foot one ninety, looking to make an NHL club. It looks like he. You say he was drafted 2014, spent four years with Brown University, so smart kid, uh, and then played an extra season in college with Boston University. So interesting uh, kind of path to the NHL here if he makes the team. 2019-20 played with the Reading uh, Royals, where he put up 25 points in 20 games in the ECHL. And over two seasons with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, played 54 games, scored 12 goals, 13 assists, for 25 points in those 54 games. So, hey, this could be this could be one of those guys. You know, I don't want to say uh, – I think it would be a disservice to Max Willman to compare him to a, a Chris Vandevelde, uh, but a guy that you're not expecting to make the roster that, you know, will work his ass off in any situation, you know, play the dirty minutes, play the – play the power uh, – I'm sorry, the penalty kill, you know, play all the defensive zone draws – uh, you know, put his body on the line, smart kid. Hey, he, we'll see if he makes the roster. I'm not going to root against him. You know, this guy's giving it, he's going to give you everything he's got. Something's clicking for him. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch there. I should also mention, and this is going to be something that we're doing throughout the course of the season, something that I'm sure I'm going to forget to do on a nightly basis. But this goal by Max Wellman was our Yeats moment of the game. First goal of the scrimmage, our Yeats moment belongs to Max Willman. Congratulations, Max Willman. The first ever Yeats moment winner. Uh, real quick, guys, go over to yeatsofficial.com. Use the code HW for 10% off your purchase. Jack, you had made a purchase. Your uh, your shades come in tomorrow for the postgame show. We're supposed to be here today. They did not make it. They were delayed. But my Flyers-colored Yeats glasses should be here for the post-game show tomorrow night. Hopefully we have a couple Yeats moments so you can flash those beauties up on the screen. Hey, who um, had Max Who had uh, Max Willman for this uh, Yeats moment? I, I mean, who, <laughs> I think everybody lost the pool on that one, huh? Yeah, you know, yeah, that's, that's another thing I wanted to do. Uh, I want to figure out if we wanted if we want to do uh, games, you know, who you know, guess the outcomes of games or guess the first goal score games. We could put a pot together. If, if you're watching live and you want to get in on this comment, you know, who's going to score the first goal tomorrow night? You'll win nothing, but uh, it'll it'll just be fun. So, about Snapple bottles, you know, you win yeah. nothing. Yeah, that was so fun. I had fun. <laughs> yes, you get to be included in the fun. That's your prize. Anyways. Let's see. What do we have left here? Um, roster battles, camp, injuries. We mentioned all the injuries. Hopefully there's no more, Jack. There's going to um, be more. <laughs> yeah, there, there's going to be more. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the shortened offseason a little bit. Like everything's been condensed and shortened and whatnot. And I, th I think we're seeing a lot of it, honestly. I, my phone was blowing up the other day with – all these just guys just hurt, like just random old nicks and bruises. And look at the Penguins. Crosby and Malkin are both out for – Malkin especially for quite a stretch. You know, like I, it's just, it is what it is, you know. They're missing the playoffs this year. I'm just going to call it now. Penguins not making the playoffs. They're uh, Who's the guy coming out this year, Shane Wright? I believe so. They are going to wreck it for Wright. Well, hopefully they're in Kansas City. No, Um I I think they're going to push. I think they're going to. They have enough to uh, 
keep pace, but they'll slowly start to dwindle. At least I hope so. Um, unless their goalie has a bounce back, like a real bounce back, uh, jar, yeah. you know, uh, other than that, lots got to go right for that team. Um, I don't, I think some of their secondary scoring has started to dry up and they might have a little bit left in the tank, but they really didn't add. So we'll mm. see. Wouldn't and surprise then, me. Come trade deadline. A name like Chris Letang gets dangled. Yeah. That's what she said. Or, Hey, Jeff Carter is still there. Is he going to be there after the trade deadline? I don't know. They're relying on him big time to, to fill in for especially some scoring. Early. Yeah. Especially early with Malkin out. It's, I, I think that's not very smart, but you know, we'll see. Hextall's the GM. Uh, these, I hope he runs them into the ground and they miss out on the first overall pick. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Um, kind of getting short on uh, some topics here. So what I want to ask you, Jack, let's talk about the Metro a little bit. You know, obviously you had a guest on in Justin Miner on Full Circle. Um, let's start off. Let's talk about the Penguins a little bit, you know, while it's still fresh. Uh, how do you see, I mean, I have them missing the playoffs. You think they're going to push for a spot. I, I don't know. Go ahead. Just talk about the Penguins a little bit. What did, what did you guys, what can the, the listeners expect to hear on your show? That's going to come out in just a little bit. Well, I mean, even from a Penguins fan and somewhat of a follower slash beat writer ish, not beat writer, but he does follow the team, write articles about the team. Uh, he he wasn't exactly like throwing like the allegations we have about why they're not going to make the playoffs. He didn't exactly shoot them all down, you know. He uh, when I brought up Jari and dismi- Casey dismiss, we all kind of chuckled like he was trying to avoid that question. Um, to ask about his defense, there are uh, Todd Reardon is apparently their defensive coach or oh, was. Yeah. And, or I forget, I can't remember exactly. And um, all I know is, yeah, he is, excuse me. But he made Cody Cece have a pretty decent way. He wound up signing in Edmonton. You know, like he can take a t- – I mean, Jack Johnson, nobody could help. But like certain guys, I think, and they got some prospects who could step up and at least hold down the ship. I think John Marino is a very underrated defenseman. I think he's going to be a top pairing one day. I don't know if he's a top pairing defenseman, but he will be on their top pairing. He's a very solid guy, like underrated. Matheson, yeah, I kind of made me understand why they made the trade. It still wasn't a win for them, um, but he's he's going to give, he's going to provide some offense, which they kind of need now. I'm still not a big fan of that. Latang's going to let Tang. He's in a contract year. Um, Malkin's in a contract year. Uh, Crosby's still Crosby. You know, Yensel's still pretty good. Where they're a little weak is like, who's their top right wing? Rust, maybe. You know, if you put Rust there, then the rest of your lineup's pretty weak. They are signing guys, all bottom six guys, not much ceiling. Um, some of the prospects we they were talking about, like their top prospects, like once we got to like the mid tiers, like after the first three or four names, we're like, who? What? Mm. Like there's, you know, ceiling was very, and it, we know why that is. It's they they traded to win, and they did win. Um, he had them missing the playoffs, and he's a fan. Now they were like the fifth team, you know, they were right there. But I think he's got that right. I think they're gonna struggle a little bit without their their guys, but they'll still be able to tread water. An older team like the Penguins come the Olympic break this year, that'll benefit an older team. Like that rest will benefit them. That's a good point. So, I mean, that can help. Um, ultimately, I see them having a similar fate 
to the Capitals, although I do think the Capitals make the playoffs, is they'll just start to, to trail off. Uh, injuries catch up with you, and I don't think they're going to have that Chris Tanev or secondary scoring at the bottom six to, to keep things afloat uh, unless they're older guys. I mean, Malkin's 36, Crosby 35. Like They're going to have to – Crosby can still play, don't get me wrong, but they're really going to have to freak, freak out. And I don't think Malkin's – I'm already starting to see his game change a bit. And yeah. I don't think he's going to get any better. You know, I don't think he's going to gain a step or anything like that. If he kept pace to what he did last year, they could probably consider it a win. And he's starting to season out hurt. Um, they just, and even Jeff Carter, like he mentioned that after this season, like Jeff Carter's, he's making like, it's tough because the Kings are paying more than half of it, but it's like six, $7 million. He's not getting anywhere close to that. Like he is running towards the end of his career as well. He's still shoot, but like, Playing center, especially at a high level, involves a lot more than that. So it's I just think they're they're running out of gas. They're running. They got too many two way centers, or I'm sorry, two way players like Casper Kapanen, who they're going to have to rely on to start putting up numbers. Soccer's never really panned out there, you know. No. And Dumoulin's okay, but uh, you know the Metro is it's brutal. Like it's brutal, man. Like the Devils are probably predicted to finish second to last, and they're going to be a bitch to play. Yeah, they gave the Flyers a tough time last year, and uh, they, they, they improved. Hamilton, and uh, they added a lot. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be tough to play against. Although they may not have their starting goaltender, we'll have to see what transpires there. Did you hear about that? I did not. Tell me, tell me more. So apparently, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is being fingered as the player who of significance who is not vaccinated, has not been announced, but it's being speculated uh, that he is not vaccinated and it remains to be seen if he will. Or I'm not sure of the rule, but I, I think I think the players have to be vaccinated to play uh, or and to show up and, and whatnot. Now, I have to go back and look to see if he's practicing, if he's with the club, but uh, it is being speculated that Mackenzie Blackwood is not vaccinated. And if that is the case, I think the rule is he's he, he's not allowed to travel to Canada, right? So he will be allowed to play. Excuse me, I, I'm wrong there. He'll be allowed to play in games, but he won't be allowed to cross the border into Canada to play the Canadian teams. Well, that would explain the Bernier signing a lot more, wouldn't it? Yeah, for, for <laughs> sure. I, I think... That's the rule. If I'm wrong there, I'll, I'll go back and look and, you know, I'll, I'll bring it up on the uh, post game show tomorrow night. Cause I'm not going to tweet out that I was wrong. I just, well, maybe I will. We'll see. I'd like to announce when I was that wrong. No, I don't really <laughs> know. I'm very curious. That's pretty significant. Um, yeah. You're definitely going to see more of uh, Bernier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good thing they signed him. I, I totally forgot about that. Signing. Maybe they knew something ahead of time. I don't know. But <laughs> it still makes sense regardless, but. Hey, you might want to sign a backup. Uh, I'm not getting the shot. Yeah, I'm, uh, we're going to have an issue here. So, Interesting well, stuff. Um, yeah, you'd be fine with me. Uh, so real quick, so it, potentially five teams uh, from, from the Metro could come out of the, you know, to make the playoffs uh, or five teams from the other division, obviously. But, but let's just say four teams make the playoffs. Let's say it's four and four. Who do you have coming out of the Metro division this year in the playoffs? Now, these aren't our official predictions, but for conversation's sake, who do you see coming out of the Metro right now? 
in no particular order. Yeah. I got the Islanders. I got the Flyers. I got Carolina and I got Washington. Wow. Interesting. I, I mean, think those are the, the I mean, we know yeah. They're, yeah. they're 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 not making it. Like they too much to turnover, too tough of a division. We just talked about the Devils, you know, and the Penguins I think just miss. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you're getting somebody. The Rags. What'd you say? The Rangers. Yeah, the Rangers are the team. Um, they would have to if they traded for Eichel, and I kind of like kept them in the four five range for a while. And I just kept expecting him to get Eichel or even Tarasenko, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But like, I just, I just expected it to happen. They need center depth in the worst way. They, uh, Starkin's looking really strong. Um, uh, they got all these this winging winger depth. They got Zabitajad. They got Kreider. They got uh, Adam Fox. Just won the Norris. Like it, everything was in place except for their center. And there's a center in Buffalo who can't wait to get traded. They have the assets to acquire them, and because Buffalo doesn't know what the hell's going on or what they're doing, they didn't acquire them. Nobody has yet, which is even more insane. And it's at the point now, if they did, he wouldn't even play to like maybe December or later. So I can't, I think that's going to bite them. That in the Metro is brutal, and the fly they ain't going to be beating the Flyers nine to one, eight to three anymore. You know, like the, and you know they, the most they did was, to, and it's not a bad thing, was but was defend their players from uh, Tom Wilson. You know, and I, Bushnevich looked good last year. Talk about secondary scoring. I like Bushnevich. Everybody likes to point out the guys that they got to fight Wilson, and that's great. The Blues got a nice, a real nice player in Bushnevich who was starting to come into his own, and he's going to be missed in New York. The only way he wasn't going to be missed is if Eichel came back, you know, and that would have just completed that team. I can't, a, a top line of Panarin and Lafreniere and, and Eichel, like Jesus, Mary, like, you know, because I think they could get him without having to give up with any. They have enough other pieces to make it happen. And then Adam Fox, Sherskin, they have other guys. Like the pieces are there, but they never got that center depth. They never got that top line center because Ryan Strome ain't it. And, you know, they got to keep developing. If everything went right for this team, they could finish second in the Metro, but that's a lot of what ifs. Yeah, I hope they don't. And I know Johnny said he would love to see Jack Eichel play for the Rangers, you freak. Um, but I, I hope that never happens. I'm just kidding, John. He didn't say he wants to see it, but he said how cool it would be. It wouldn't be cool. Um, so we're about 47 minutes into the episode. Uh, a little short on topics tonight. It's camp. Uh, first preseason games tomorrow night. I'll mention it again. We're doing a post-game show live. Make sure you guys hang out with us. I want to ask you, Jack, before we wrap up this episode, who would you like to see stand out tomorrow night? Honestly, yeah. um, more of Ross. <laughs> that, would, that would be fantastic. As fun as Forrest, Forrester would be. Um, it's not a necessity that he joins the team this year. Frost has a significant role, and if he were to be that player, it would mean the world to this team, especially right now, but also in the future and going forward for the rest of this season and the future of the franchise. Um I feel like we have a lot invested in him to begin with and just see him grab this job by the Gunyans and, you know, make it happen. That would, that would be fantastic. And yeah. it's very necessary. So it's one of those, I almost feel like I'm cheering for a fantasy player. Like I really need this guy to come through for me. Like let's My fantasy player, by the way. Oh, you got your hands on Morgan Frost, huh? So I Go guess on. your answer would be the same. 
So uh, well, we'll see. I'll let you know after the next tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, yes. Uh, I'll go somebody different, you know, just so we have another guy to keep an eye on. And that's Oscar Lindblom. We're hearing that he's he's beefed up. He's uh, back or at least close to the similar uh, playing shape that he was in before uh, he got sick. He sounds excited. We're hearing positive things. Cancer free, by the way, on his last scan. Thank God. Um <laughs> I'm looking for Oscar Lindblom tomorrow. I want to. I want to see. You know, he wasn't afraid of contact like somebody else we know that's now playing in Las Vegas. Um, I mean, this guy came to work. Uh, he was quoted as saying, you know, he was tired after shifts, and rightfully so. I want to see. I, I'm hoping to see Oscar Lindblom back to you know Oscar Lindblom. I want to see him play his game. I want to see him play play his style. So I'll be keeping an eye on Oscar Lindblom tomorrow night. That's if he's playing. I'm expecting him to be playing. Um, but, yeah, Frost and Lindblom, I think, if they can get some production from these two players this season, outstanding. If they can get 20 goals from Oscar Lindblom, I think that's massive. Like, you look at this roster and, you know, you see maybe 20 goals from Claude Giroux, uh, definitely 20 goals from Coots. Without a doubt, my mind, 20 goals from Konechny. Atkinson penciled in my mind, 20 goals, Faraby, 20 goals, JVR, 20 goals. If Limblom can get 20 goals, that's huge, right? Cause I, I'm not sure. I'm not expecting Morgan Frost to score 20 and I'm not expecting Kevin Hayes to score 20 this year. So you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 20 goal scores on this roster. And then Hayes and Frost, hopefully chipping in, let's say anywhere from 15 to 20. It's a lot of goals, man. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's massive, and I think 20 goals is on the high end, and hopefully, hopefully at some point this season I sound crazy because maybe 20 goals is low. You know, if if Limblom can really return to the form that he was in before he got sick, we could be looking we could be looking at 20 to 25 goals. We'll see. I'm hoping for 20, and uh, you know I'm looking for Oscar Limblom tomorrow night. I'm looking for some jump. Um, you know, I'm just looking for him to be the Oscar Lindblom that we re- that we know, that we love, remember. You know, I want to see him over, you know, all the the trials and tribulations of last season. I actually so, really uh, like yeah. that one because I felt mine was mine was the obvious one. Where but it's a big you, one though. Oh yeah, and where yours was what I read about him was it's night and day how much different he looks this camp. Yeah. Um he was tired, like you said, he did the best he could. Uh, but it, it is night and day. And he was, what do you have, 11 goals before he went down in November? Yeah. Like, that's half, more than halfway to 20, maybe a quarter of the season. Like, that's amazing. Like, he's all, he was on pace for 40 goals. Not that we <laughs> just, not that, that would have happened, but Jesus, like, you, then you're flirting with 30 all of a sudden. He's um, a smart player, man. He's, I feel like for, for a guy like him, especially, part of, scoring goals and, and being good offensively is just putting yourself in a position to succeed. You know, you, you always hear Johnny on the spot. Well, these Johnny on the spot guys aren't lucky. They they know where they need to be. They they expect the puck to be where they're going to be. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I guess, you know, Limblom is one of those players. He's smart. He puts himself in a position to score a goal. And there's talent on this roster that can find him in those spots. You know, he's not afraid to play in the dirty areas either. I'm I'm getting excited right now for, for well, no he's reason. Also, he's also the only guy to drop the mitts when nobody – this is the guy who <laughs> come back from cancer. He's this guy's staying, got balls. He's, 
He's saying he's tired after each shift, but he, he even he got so fed up with his teammates getting run that he's like, that's it. That's enough. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. I'm fighting somebody. So yeah. you got to love a player like that. That's pure Philly style of player. Yeah. I've been kind of critical, but more in the sense that I'm worried. I'm not because of what happened. Can he get back to that form? I would love him to get back to that form to look more like that top six player we, we had. And if that's the case, look out. You know, we'll solve our center position real quick because they'll we'll trade somebody out of here that we don't need. And all yeah. of a sudden, that Tomas Hurdle to uh, Philly looks more and more likely. It's happening. Put it out there. It's happening. Um, the the other thing that I think everyone's going to be watching for and, and totally forgot about for some for some reason. So player wise, we're looking at Frost. We're looking at Lindblom. But how about the pairing of Rasmus Ristolainen and Travis Sanheim in an NHL game for the first time? We're going to see it tomorrow night. You know, hopefully, get the kinks worked out, right? If 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 one thing happens and people overreact, I'll, I'm going to take issue with that. I mean, preseason is not the time to overreact. It's the time to make mistakes, get them ironed out, make all the mistakes in the world so that you can fix them. Come, you know, uh, October fifteenth. But I think that's another thing that we should be looking for: the pairing of Rasmus Ristolainen and, and Travis Sanheim. I would just add to that uh, Carter Hart, who I've heard looks great. You know, I heard he's making some 10 bell saves. Like he's looking, looking strong, looking confident. Let's keep that rolling. Let's keep that going with other teams. If he does get scored on, let's hope it's got a short term memory. It doesn't affect him the rest of the game. You know, he knows he's got a new defense in front of him, you know? So, I mean, he's paramount to this team really turning things around. And one last thing for me, um, what, what did you think about Ryan Ellis following Proveroff around? Like they're like buds. I love it. I, I love, love it. Too. Like, like that's what you want. You know, you, you need to create that relationship, that communication, that, that comfortability, you know, cause there's going to be times where you're going to have to, there's going to be hard conversations, you know, and you need to establish a relationship. Uh, there's gotta be communication both ways. And uh, I think it's a good thing. I'm, I'm excited for that pairing. You know, as much as I'm watching the Risto and, and Sandheim pairing, you know, tomorrow night, um, I, I am excited for that Ellis pro I'm excited for that pairing. You know, it's going to be fun. Absolutely. There's so much to watch for. I can't remember being this excited about preseason game one because I'm ready for some hockey. Some, It's not even a meaningful game, but it kind of is. Yeah. Like last year, we checked out by like March because that was like the month from hell. I cannot think of a worse month in Flyers history. We knew we were done. So from March till today, we have watched no meaningful Flyers hockey. This is meaningful in the sense that certain players on the team and pairings uh, are going to mean something for the season, which is going to start in like, you know, a little over two weeks. So like it, it's meaningful in that regard. It's more meaningful than any March game on we saw last year. So that in itself is something. And there's so much to look for. Like I got to, I got to see the lineup again. I, I want to see who's playing. I want an official lineup and I could probably highlight 11 players that I can't wait to just see something. Yep. Well, we're going to see him tomorrow night. Um, Exciting stuff. Like I mentioned a, a million times during the show, we are doing a live post game. Make sure you look for it on, for it on YouTube, Twitter. Uh, I'm going to try to get it up on Facebook. If you're on Twitch, find us on Twitch. Um, before we end the episode, I want to do a quick shout out to the affiliate sites, fullpresscoverage.com, bellyupsports.com. Uh, and if you listened on Unhinged Radio, thank you guys. I uh, hope you enjoy the podcast up next. Make sure you go check out hwhockey.net. All of our episodes are uploaded onto our site. Um, lots of great content coming out. And uh, we'll have Full Circle 
out in just a little bit. If you, I mean, by now it's going to be tomorrow or today, whatever it is, go check out full circle Had a yes, great sir. guest in Justin minor, uh, Steven Jack, always doing a great job over there. Let me take these off. Yeats one more time, head over to yeatsofficial.com. Use our code HW for 10% off. Oh, we got to pick a winner. You know what? Four Jack. Give me one second here. It's a, it's a Monday. And we got to give away a Claude Giroux jersey. That looks nice. We have a winner picked. Tag on new. Brand new. And we are going to give it away. You want to do the drum roll again? Ready? Yeah, ready. Our winner is Gina Donato. Gina, Congrats, let me, uh, Gina. I have to find your uh, your Twitter at here one more time. Sorry about that. You are Gina Donato underscore 75. Nice and simple. So congratulations to Gina. We will be uh, DMing you and mailing you out a brand new Claude Giroux jersey just in time for the new Philadelphia Flyers season. That's it. We're going to wrap this episode up. Jack, as always, thank you very much. For Jack, I'm Jim. We'll be back tomorrow night with a post-game show. 